Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor and professional wrestling fan. It is a great time to be alive. I love having the positive mindset and a positive outlook on not only my life, but also on the sports card market. I think it is really, really important to ask yourself the question, why are you in the hobby? If you ask yourself that question, you think about it deeply, it begins to unlock some doors in your mind about the reasons why you have chosen to spend so much time navigating, so much time interacting, so much time on social media channels like the Instagram community that we're all a part of, and so much time digging through eBay searches and listings, trying to win that card that you have been after for quite some time. It's sports cards, baby. Let's go. These things make us all happy, and there are so many different reasons why these cards bring happiness to us. And here's the deal. It's unique to everyone. And so I think that's really important to call out because this hobby means different things to different people. And the more we can accept the fact that this hobby means different things to different people and provides different reasons for different participants to engage in the community, I think that's really important. And I think we need to be open to that. I've talked about how not everyone does the hobby like you. Not everyone does the hobby like me. I think as this market continues to expand and grow, we are going to see more and more things that align with how we collect sports cards. And there's going to be probably even more things that pop up that seem so distant from the way we collect sports cards. But know that the more activities and things that are happening around this community, the more interest and more demand there's going to be for sports cards. I'm of the mindset that no matter what industry you're in, wherever you work, sports cards, doesn't matter. There are always undeniable changes that are going to take place. You can decide to be a happy person and roll with the punches and adapt, or you can decide to be a not so happy person and bitch and complain about all the changes that are happening around you. I think we should decide. Let's focus in on what we can and can't control. And I say this all the time. This hobby is an, is, it's, it's, it's a, an escape for us. It's an opportunity to get away from the trials and tribulations and anything that's happening in our life. It's an exhausting time. It really is. But sports cards provides that outlet that so many people 
I communicate with on a regular basis need. And so with that, I just want to open up and say, let's be more accepting. Let's enjoy this hobby for everything that it's worth. Because when I interact and I'm around people that have this open mind and a a mindset of abundance and are excited about the future of sports cards, that's when I get fired up. And I'm fired up right now as I'm sitting here on a Saturday morning recording this episode of Stacking Slabs. We are getting pretty damn close to episode 100. How about that? If you have been here since the jump, I appreciate that. I really do. And, and, and I, I know a lot of you peeps out there that are, have been day one listeners who've been engaged with me from the start, and it's been awesome, and I appreciate everyone listening. And if you are just getting on board, what's up? What took you so long? I'm just joking. I'm happy you're here. It is a wild time here in the city of Indianapolis, the city I love, the city that I call home. Got the Big Ten tournament wrapping up here this weekend. And then what's going to happen? The whole damn college basketball world is going to be in my state, the basketball state. In 49 other states, it's just basketball in Indiana. It is our religion. It really is. If you are a reader of the Weekly Rip Edition 1, you will have seen that I promote this state pretty hard as the basketball state and have some facts to back it up. Just an absurd amount of NBA talent. Um, 11 of the top 12 high school basketball gyms based on capacity are here in Indiana. Larry Bird, Bobby Knight. The list just goes on and on. Hoosiers, there's a freaking movie. Gene Hackman, all you Gene Hackman marks, shout out. So there's so much activity around basketball. Everyone's got a basketball hoop in their freaking driveway or on their garage. You learn to dribble at an early age here, and that brings an appreciation for the game of basketball. And so I am honored and excited that the entire college basketball world will be coming into the state of Indiana, to play, to play a little March Madness uh, basketball fun. There's going to be some games everywhere. We've got venues here. Uh, you've got the old uh, Indiana Farmers uh, Coliseum. I think I got that right. I always want to call it the Pepsi Coliseum. It is where the Indiana Pacers uh, in the ABA days, days tipped off. Bobby Slick Leonard as their head coach. Boom, baby. It is a place where cigarette smoke used to be billowing off while the, throughout the arena while the players were playing. That's going to be a site where games are going down. IUPUI, the alma mater of George Hill, that is going to be a place where games are being played. Hinkle Fieldhouse, Butler Bulldogs, games there. You're going to have games at Lucas Oil. You're going to have games at Banker's Life. I'm pro- oh, I almost forgot. You've got games in West Lafayette at Purdue. You've got games in Bloomington. March Madness is all Indiana, and it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I think any opportunity that we can do things like March Madness in a safe way, I'm all about. And I'm all about our city as a host city. If you have been to any sporting event or any event in general in Indianapolis or Indiana specifically, but Indianapolis, you know that we know how to host people. We are the convention city. So I'm excited. It's always awesome to see just 
fans and everyone wearing their gear close to my house, walking up and down the streets, going to bars, getting fired up. So I'm excited to see that happening. And it is going to be, everyone's going to be filling out their brackets. And it's cool that the focus will be in venues that are a stone's throw away from where I'm recording Stacking Slabs. So if you are in town, which I know there are people coming in town who are Stacking Slabs listeners. I've already got some messages. If you're coming in town, we, I welcome you. I welcome you from, from Stacking Slabs HQ. Hopefully you get to see some good games and cheer on your squads. In my conversation with Chris, thank you, by the way, for everyone who decided to listen to that episode on day one. I will say this. There's been some wild days and milestone days here on the Stacking Slabs podcast, but that episode went bonkers. The highest downloaded day for Stacking Slabs on a day one listen came from the Golden Auctions conversation that I had with Chris from Card Ladder. And I got so many messages, more messages than, than typical, which I always get messages, but this one is especially tons of positive messages about that episode and the conversation. And, you know, I think just a testament to Chris and what they're doing at over at Card Ladder, you know, I got messages about not just the golden auctions, but people saying, you know, Chris is deeply invested in Card Ladder and its success. And people saying, I can hear the passion when he talks about that product. And I'll tell you what, from the beginning, that's what drew me into that product is because that team are people that are like-minded and align with some of the core values and beliefs that I have with the sports card market. So I, to me, I, I wanted to jump on board and wave the card ladder flag from day one, not necessarily because of the product, but because of the people. And that's what this industry needs to realize and be focused on is that co- products are commodities. People are going to create the same products across the industry and that do similar things. It's, it's already happening. However, people want to work with people that they like and that they believe in. And I think that is something as anyone who is an owner or operator in the hobby or bringing a product to market, that is an opportunity for you. It blows my mind that these new participants and new companies come in the hobby and they do an awful job of marketing themselves. And I'm not talking about marketing your product. I'm talking about marketing yourself, getting down, getting into the communities, building trust, developing relationships, That is how you build companies. That is how you build companies in this industry. People here, more than in almost any other industry I've ever been in, can see right through the bullshit because people have passion and people who are a part of the hobby want to protect the hobby. So I just think that's important to call out. I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but it's something I'm fired up. It's something I do professionally. I'm working on a company that is early stage right now. And I'm not thinking about the dollar bills, right? The dollar bills will come if I build the, the, the foundation in the building blocks. And it's all about building and developing trust with your network. And I would say that I think the card ladder team has done a really good job of that. Could be a case study. And I would, you know, why I can say that is because just go hop into the crossover every Friday night. They, there are people in the crossover that are using Card Ladder, but 
they're fans of the crossover. They're fans of the conversation. They're fans of tuning out a little bit from life. Uh, maybe, you know, significant others went to bed and you get a get on, hold up your phone, listen to those two guys, chop it up, listen to Christina in the background, talk about Maxi Kleber and be a part of the conversation. And that's what I'm talking about in this hobby. We need more stuff like that. I'm getting fired up here. Thank you, everyone who has signed up to be a part of the Weekly Rip newsletter. Putting a lot of energy in that. You want to be a part of the Weekly Rip newsletter? You know what it costs? It's going to cost you the subscription costs. Um, you know, the starter level is um, $4.99, and, and, and then you, know, you could get uh, special copies for... I'm just I'm just bullshitting you. The thing is free, free of charge. It's free. I am here to help provide value, but provide value to you as the listener and the consumer of anything that is going on with the Stacking Slabs brand. You know why? Because I come from a place of abundance. I come here to help. I come here to promote other people who are doing good things in the hobby because I am patient. And I know what it takes to build and develop trust. That's what I'm doing here. So if you're a part of the Weekly Rip, go hit Stacking Slabs Instagram. Go hit that link in the bio. Drop in your email. Every Friday, you're going to get a newsletter about what's going on in the hobby from me. And it's not going to be the hobby headlines everyone's looking at and everyone's talking about. It's going to be unique takes. And mostly, it's going to be an opportunity to promote people that I'm enjoying their content. So go check out the Weekly Rip. Got a little scare last night. I think things uh, turned out to be better than they possibly could be with Joel Embiid hyperextending his knee. I'm glad that doesn't appear to be a season ender. Uh, you never want to see injuries of top guys or anybody at this point, but it sucks because he was you know, having an MVP-like season. Just It just seems like, one in one way, shape, or the other, Philadelphia is always dealing with some uh, trials and tribulations. So hopefully he gets better. Hell of a player. Um, Want to see him step back on the floor and uh, hopefully be available uh, sooner rather than later. A lot of you listeners are out there, or as I'm recording this, you're making deals right now at the Dallas show. I'm interested to hear the fallout from the Dallas show. It seems like I'm getting a, some some mixed vibes. It seemed like everyone was so gung ho last Dallas show. And this one, I'm just, I just, I'm going to, I listen, I listen to what the audience is saying online. seems like this one is, there's some just mixed vibes about what's going on. So um, I'd love to um, recap uh, with um, anyone who, who went just to get some perspective and hell I'm, I'm thinking on the fly. I know some people out there that might be a, a, a future episode here on the stacking slabs podcast. Um, to talk about what happened at the Dallas show. But you know what? It's, it's, it's a good opportunity to get a pulse of what's going on. I know some individuals that have made some big deals. If you're listening to this podcast, you know who you are. I will never let the cat out of the bag on your big deals. I'm going to let you do that yourself. But if you did pick up some big cards and you had to sacrifice and give up some cards to do that, I know it's hard, but congratulations on your new pickups. Focus on the new always. Rear view mirror, the other stuff, and focus on the new. Congratulations on anyone out there making deals and having a good time. 
in Dallas, hopefully being safe. Golden Auction, obviously, it seems like a takeover. Uh, I, I, I'm just enjoying the hell out of Ken Golden. I mean, his Instagram streams are just great. I think uh, I, was, I had a call this week, and I was hopped. I had a few minutes before the call. I hopped on. I saw he went live. Sitting there filling up his Tesla in, in uh, Long Island uh, after picking up a deal from someone and just you know talking about it. It's this is what Ken Golden is doing is what anybody in the hobby should be doing if you're trying to build a brand or start a business. Let people get to know you. Show them the inside. Show them what's going down. Build in public, baby. But it seems like. The Golden Drumbeat is just continuing. I Before I hit record on this episode, I went to Golden Auctions just to see what was going on. Just, just some massive cards up there right now. You've got the 2019-2020 Prism Choice Nebula Kobe, one of one, BGS 9.5. Mama mia! Can't wait to see what that one goes for after the gold. Give me the gold. Who? Then another card that Chris and I were talking about last week, 2000 Bowman Chrome Refractor Tom Brady BGS9. That card is going to just explode. Can't wait to watch that one. How about these football cards, huh? Wow, more on that later. And then the 2708 Topps Chrome X-Fractor Kevin Durant rookie out of 50 PSA 9. And I could sit here for an hour just talking about the bangers. What's happening on on Ken Golden's side is just absolute insanity. I love it because I'm a fan, and it gives me something to cheer on, and it gives me something to talk about on this show every week, for Christ's sakes, man. He's bringing the heat, so I'm going to mention it. So shout out Ken Golden. Shout out to all all you're doing. Uh, It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see what's next. You get that capital infusion, and then you get – a record-breaking auction on the other side of it. A lot of good things that are coming. I'm going to talk a little bit about, at the end, close with growing pains. The reason why I'm going to talk about growing pains at the end is because Chris said, hey, I want to to hear an episode on growing pains when we were talking. So I was like, you know what? That's a good topic. I'm going to think about it and just share some, some takes on it. But back to being a fan. I think being a fan is the most important thing and quality that we can have and possess right now in the sports card market, baby. Being fans, we are all in this damn thing together. We all rely on each other to make it move and make it happen. We need buyers. We need sellers. We need flippers. We need investors. We need collectors. We need breakers. We need uh, hobby store owners. You name it. We need consigners. I, can't, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And the, the more different personas we have, the more efficient that this market will move together. And so I think it's very important that we all realize that this is a big and vast market. And as it be- grows and continues to expand, there are different types of operating that happen within each of those segments of the market. These capital infusions help. And we need to put some trust in some of the leadership that are receiving some of this mon- the money. The easiest one to call out is just Ken Golden, right? I love the way Ken Golden markets. I love the way he communicates with his audience. He's very direct. He doesn't hide behind any curtains. He does what every, we all do. He gets on Instagram Live and he communicates. That's what I'm talking about, baby. I'm a Ken Golden fanboy. Hey, talk, talk about being a fan. Hey, if anyone has a Golden Auctions Ken Golden jersey, I'll wear that thing proudly. 
I wear an I wear a golden auctions flat bill hat. I wear a golden auctions hoodie. You know why I wear this? I'm not even participating in the auctions right now, but I'm doing this because I love the way this guy goes to market. It's smart. It's smart. You you like he said, no matter what, you're never going to make everyone happy. You're never going to make everyone happy. Just having that mindset and communicating that out is what I'm about. So here's the deal. I think this is how we need to think about it. Or this is how I'm thinking about it. I, I say we because it's just the collective, the hobby community. You can do whatever you want to do. You know what this show is not about. I'm not here to give you hot takes and uh, opinions and tell you you got to do this and do that. That's for the birds. That's what other people are doing. Probably on some uh, pop-up YouTube stream drive by night. You know what I'm talking about. But here's how I'm thinking about it. I think you don't worry about things you can't control. There are always going to be undeniable changes that are happening around you, especially in the sports card market. Worry about things that are inside of my control. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm worried about my budget. I'm worried about where I spend my time. I'm worried about where I, the people I connect with. I'm worried about the content I'm making. Like those are my areas of focus. Those two things, those, all those things, money, time, people, content, like that, that is enough to fill, fill up my hobby time and then some. And so I don't really have time for the bullshit. I don't have time for the negativity. I don't have time for the conversations about anything bad going on because this is fun for me. This should be fun for everyone. So one thing, like, I don't, if you know me by now, I don't really like to bitch and complain about the bad things that are happening. I will recognize them and address them, but I'd rather focus my energy on the fun stuff that is happening. And to me, market expansion and opportunities within that market expansion is the fun stuff. So that's, I'm worried about where I'm focusing my time. Then I'm, I'm focusing on things that I can influence, okay? I might not be able to control, but I can't influence. And I'll say this. I understand in the position that I'm in, in this sports card hobby that we all love, is that I have a platform. We all have platforms. I have a platform that has a show that you all choose to spend time each week listening to. And I appreciate that. And it's growing. And I know having a show like this, I understand, comes with a certain level of influence, okay? I will never call myself an influencer I, 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 because I, I don't believe in that. I, I, that's not me. Anyone who, by the way, here's another thing. If you, have, if you see people with big audiences, this and that, like just because they have a big audience doesn't mean that they're an influencer. I hate that word. I think that word sucks. It's so generic it, it, because there's so, so much to unpack from that. Influence what? So I want to make sure that I use this for the greater good of the hobby. And the greater good of the hobby is what I've started this damn show from the jump about. When I jumped back into the sports card market, it looked completely different than when I was collecting in my younger life as a kid however the hell you want to say it. And so I said, okay, well, I do marketing for a living. I do podcasts. I create content. I think it's going to be valuable and important to just document my journey and document my process. And because I said, there are other people out there that are going through these same changes with me. And what did I find out? It was true. You were there. You're going through these changes. You listen. And believe me, there's been some bumps along the way. I've, I've been learning. Like, 
you look at myself back for a year from now and I'd be like, Jesus, why did I say this? Or why did I spend my money on this? What was I doing? It's a learning process and it's a journey. So punchline of this, don't worry about things you can't control. Focus your time on things you can control and also think about things that you, ha- you have the ability to influence. If you're framing it up like that, it's a good way to operate in the sports car market. Why I love this community, it's a we thing. It's not a me thing. People stand out to me that focus on the betterment of the hobby over their personal collections. People who lead with passion over profit are, are noble. They're noble participants in the sports card market that we all love. And it's very evident. And if you notice, if you take a step back and you notice and you're like, oh, wow, like that, that channel's getting a lot of subscribers or that account's getting a lot of followers, it's not because they're pumping their own shit. It's because they're trying to help out. And I think that's really important. It's really important to call out. It's important to call out the fact that people who are successful in this hobby, who have good connections and are building relationships, are thinking about what they can do to better the hobby first and foremost. And here's the deal. You want to talk about coming from a place of abundance? Coming from a place of abundance is not thinking about cash, not being greedy. Coming from a place of abundance is knowing that the relationships that you are developing in your process of giving back to the hobby are going to be way more influential and way more powerful than any card sale that you will ever do. That's how I'm thinking about this. That is important. Relationships are important. Information is important. And the more you can think about that as you're building and developing your own brand in the sports card world, the more traction you're going to get. I promise you that. I told you I wanted to talk about growing pains. It's undeniable that we are going through growing pains in this hobby, okay? You got $40 million that goes into Ken Golden Group from just, you want to talk about influencers? That's a group of influencers, okay? Mark Cuban, Deshaun Watson, Timbaland. I mean, the list goes on and on. Those are influential people. Them putting their capital in Ken Golden, that matters. That's significant. You've got, after the golden, the golden, you got golden money coming in. You've got golden banger auction, 40 million. You've got Chris mentioning eBay on that Saturday and Sunday sold, sold just through cards on their platform, Card Ladder, 1.5 million and 2 million, I think, respectively. A lot of, lot of money coming in, a lot of things happening. You've got problems with Golden's technology that he called out. And I gave him credit for. He said, this is the last time it's going to happen. You got PSA, you got Nat, new ownership. You got PSA increases in wait times. I get it. Like, I get it. Those things are happening. Okay. Got BGS. Uh, BGS is looking good right now because a lot of BGS cards are getting sold at these all time highs through these golden sales. But still, I mean, we could have a whole entire episode about the things that BGS should be doing to not just lean on the name Beckett from a historical perspective, but use that brand to drive their company forward. Gosh, that there is so much from a marketing perspective, there is so much opportunity to take that company and leverage that equity that that name has and do cool shit. So much opportunity. I know that if you're out there at Beckett, you know that. If you're working there, I know that. You're, if you're listening to Stacking Slabs and you work at Beckett, shout out to you. I'm, I'm rooting for you. I'm a fan. 
I'm a fan. I got BGS slabs, and I'll always support BGS. I like the slabs. I believe in the name from a brand perspective. Let's go, Beckett. There's so much opportunity there for you. I'm rooting for you. You've got SGC. You've got HGA with just bad comms. Why are we going back to the well on some of these like, bad comms? We don't need you to be the ones trying to punch up, punch above your weight class. Like, be you. Focus on your audience. Focus on your market. Focus on why you're different and deliver the hell out of that for your customer. I don't need to hear you going to war with PSA. That's not good. And that's probably, I don't think anyone's been successful doing that. We need alternatives. We need options. Focus on what you're really good at. Show behind the curtain. You've got technology that you're using HGA? Show us. Let us see it. Because if you don't do that, we're all going to question it. Growing pains. No product at retail. Hobby boxes of prism, $3,100, maybe more. Drive-by-night people on their YouTube shows talking about how great they are, talking about showing how funny they are, just trying to build their audiences in the hobby without providing any value. Growing pains. What can we do? I think what we can do is we can hold vendors accountable for the words that they're using. Ken Golden. I'm a fanboy. I just said I'd rock a Golden, a golden Auctions hoodie and a flat bill. I, I told you that. But we can hold Ken accountable for saying, yeah, this is the last time we're going to use this technology and our auction sites won't go down. And that's part of the $40 million that we're getting. I believe him. I think we can be patient. Capital infusions and com- company integrations take time. I was a part of a company that got bought by Salesforce for $2.5 billion. Okay. The changes in the integrations, that doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. We all need to be patient and trust the integrations, trust the capital infusion. Be freaking patient. That's, that's what we can do. We can pick and choose the parts of the hobby that are for us. That's the beautiful part about this hobby. We can customize our experiences. And we need to do that and lean into it. And ultimately, worry and focus on what is in the best interest for you as the hobby participant. There's always going to be growing pains. We just need to think diligently from our own personal perspective how we want to operate within those growing pains. And those are just some ideas. I know we're all thinking about it. It's going to take time. But believe me, what is happening in this market is awesome. And we need to celebrate it. I put a message out there this week that was about the next best thing. And every time I I hear the next best thing, I always think of Brock Lesnar's debut. He's the next best thing. I said, there's always going to be the next best thing. Start with your passion, dig into the reports, and be ahead of it and celebrate when everyone else joins you. I talk a lot about turning left when the market is going right, but most importantly, make sure you're going left down a lane or avenue that you are about. On my episode with Chris, I brought up the John Cena card. I'm going to talk about John Cena's story. You know I'm a massive professional wrestling fan. You know I collect wrestling cards. So part of what I do on Stacking Slabs and with my own collecting is I bring people on the show and I learn from them. I brought David Peck, who I'll call the goat of wrestling card collecting. 
and we just chopped it up. We went Broadway. If you want to listen to the episode, it's in the archives. If you have any interest in wrestling cards, I had a blast talking with David Peck. We were talking about this 2002 Royal Rumble set. It is a banger of a set from a wrestling card perspective because it's got key rookies. John Cena, Randy Orton, Dave Batista, and Brock Lesnar. So as a wrestling fan, I knew I want a piece of these rookies. So what did I do? I started digging into the pop reports. And when I saw the pop reports on some of these cards and knowing, and it was, it was David talking about how these cards don't grade well. These cards are, haven't seen a wax in a while, which a box of 2002 Royal Rumble is on eBay. It was 10 grand, and I think they dropped the price. It's seven or eight, eight or seven grand now. Just madness. But, the, you know, most of these cards, it's like the sets from freaking almost 20 years ago. It's, it's going to be hard to gem this stuff. So I started digging in and I looked at the, the pop reports and I saw PSA 9 Pop 22. And I saw one available on eBay and I bought it right away. I was like, 22 nines exist. The 10's even lower. It's ridiculous. Of John Cena. And I was like, I'm buying this card because I, I, I'm a fan of John Cena. I'm a fan of wrestling. Pop 22. Cena's popular. He crosses barriers. I bought it for 800 bucks, I think, in December. Now this card's at over 1100 And... A, that, a card like that is only going to gain traction because the supply in the slab form is so low. Shout out the Card Ladder team for putting that one up on Card Ladder. But I think that, is an oper- that was my story of, of doing something that I was passionate about that not everyone had jumped on yet. There are so many of those opportunities. You just got to find them, follow your passion, and take them. I'm going to plug it again. Weekly RIP newsletter. Hit the link in my bio, sign up. That's the place you're going to probably hear me talk about other cool shit and cool people in the hobby. I'm going to do more of that in that newsletter than I'm probably going to be doing on this show in the future. Got to cover a little wrestling. AEW Revolution, baby. What a show. Just ridiculous. Obviously, if you're a fan of AEW, you saw that uh, the ending might have fallen a little flat on the death match. Maybe not the explosion I, they wanted. The storytelling was outrageous, though, and I love Eddie Kingston coming in there. And I love the explanation on Dynamite this week of what happening. In pr- true pro wrestling style, um, they adjusted and adapted to it. And I, I think that Dynamite this week was fantastic. If you care or are interested at all about pro wrestling, go f- watch Dynamite from this week. An excellent episode with an excellent seg, one of the best segments in the show to close it out. Unfreaking believable. I'm so fired up about what AEW is doing. And we are on the road to WrestleMania. It might be a little bumpy right now, but you know what? It's WrestleMania season and we all have to celebrate that. I also want to call out just the football card market. You know, I'm a football card fanboy. Some significant sales this week 2001 Drew Brees playoff contenders. BGS 9.5 sold for 20K. That card is a population nine. Wow. I think Drew Brees is a guy that's going to get appreciated and get a ton of love here coming soon. 20, uh, 98 Peyton SP Authentic BGS 9, all-time high, 3240. You got cards from Herbert, Burrow, and Kyler that are hitting those 
marks. I even saw a Baker Mayfield Optic PSA 10 get an all-time high for 200 bucks this week. There is so much interest in football cards right now, specifically quarterbacks. It's fun to see, and anyone who's been a player in the football card game should be um, fired up. I know I am. I want to talk a little bit about picking cards, and I think this has been a conversation. It, it, this part, it was inspired from the crossover last night when I was listening. But also, I've been getting this question an awful lot throughout my years doing the show is, how do you pick the type of card you're going to buy? Well, I set qualifiers on what I like, okay? Cards are a ton of money. So I try to keep, I try to make the process not as overwhelming as humanly possible when I am uh, buying sports cards. So I have some lanes to navigate down. I tend to want to put my money in proven products over newer products. Basketball, I kind of start with Prism and Select. If I'm going, if I'm looking at anything before 2012, I'm looking at Topps Chrome and I'm looking at Finest. Football, Prism and Select, you know I'm a big fan of Contenders. I'm a big fan of Contenders because I think that's the true rookie card, and I think that the on-card autos in that uh, product are unbelievable. If I'm looking for a premium product, I'm probably checking NT. I know NT is outrageous, but I'm looking at NT, and I'm starting from there, okay? I, I am... From a card attributes perspective, I am buying stuff that's short printed. I'm buying stuff that are that that are serial numbered. Those are the types of cards because for me, demand, future demand is important. Aesthetics and what it's got to be something I want. Scarcity, demand, like those things are really really important. I like shiny cards, so I prefer silvers and I prefer refractors. Um, I if I'm going with an autograph. It's got to be on card. Like, that's a qualifier for me. I don't like stickers. I'm not sitting here wanting to dump on anyone who likes stickers or has sticker autos. This is just my personal thing, what I'm doing. I'm always exploring new products. I've talked about loving one of one of ones on the NBA side. But to me, it was it's too expensive right now, seeing how it plays out. I like unique parallels. I like gold. Give me the gold just like everyone else does. I like galactics. I just like stuff that's limited and doesn't show up all the time on eBay. I think eBay safe searches are the best way to keep and maintain sanity around all of these types of cards that we all like. So I am very mindful that there are specific types and styles and products within cards that I like because I don't want to put myself in a position because I have where you just see something pop up and you buy it on eBay. It's important to be thoughtful. It's important to be strategic. I want to close this out right here. And this goes into diversity of opinion. This goes into thinking like an owner. But I said, starting a new collection, there's infinite options on which avenues to explore. Decisions on type of product, players parallel, sets play a role, embrace opportunities to segment. Curating our collection offers a change to break through and be unique. That is the best part about the sports card market, the opportunity and the ability to be unique. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back. Hobby hustle with my Manny Yamwax. Forgot to plug it. There it is. If you're here at the end, Yamwax, we're going to talk about just some of the crazy stuff he's into and how he thinks about collecting. I always enjoy spending time with Yamwax. First time on the Hobby Hustle. It'll probably be the first of a couple. All right, take care of yourself and talk soon. 